This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that was honestly not even pretty bad. That was really bad. Destitute, even. Not great at all. The Raptors lose a heartbreaker. Not in that they lost at the last second, but that it was probably like a handful of heartbreaking things happening repeatedly over and over again. 113 to 109 to the lowly Orlando Magic, who were healthier this time around, had some incredible performances from guys on their roster. Good for them. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, big shout out to them because guess what? You only pay if you win with Goldfinger Law, and you can contact them at 416-730-1777. I am joined today by Mac Cunningham. You may know him as the man they call Mac, uh, running off the screen with Raptors Republic. We're here to chop it up after a game. Every once in a while, I have to break up the monotony of just Samson talking about basketball after these games. We have to get a a little bit more of a back and forth. Mac, we go right to you. I know you like the Raptors, care about the team. How are you feeling right now? (sighs) It's never good after a loss. Like I feel like every time they lose, I can't sleep well at night. And a loss like this, it doesn't sit well because it just seemed like it was handpicked for us to use this game as momentum going forward throughout this next stretch of games. But um, yeah, we just couldn't do it. How many hours difference are we talking in sleep? That's, probably I lose like three more hours. Three! Because <laughs> I think about so many plays. Like, yeah, oh, okay. I'm, uh, well, let's go yeah. there. What are, what are the plays front of your mind right now? What's sticking uh, like if we got If we're going to start with the first quarter, um, we noticed early on that the Raptors didn't come with that fight that we really needed. And Orlando... Like you said, they're more healthy. I guess they had more confidence going into this game, being at home. And I noticed early on, they filtered to the corners a, a lot. And that's what the Raptors give up. But they, they were able to capitalize that. Um, and the Raptors just didn't put up much resistance at getting them to, the, like, avoiding getting them to the basket. And, yeah, again, they just took their they had their way with us. I was hoping for Fred to come out and get that uh, spark because that's where he did have his career high, that 54-point game. Yeah. And it just just didn't happen early. So the thing to stick with Fred, there were some possessions, not necessarily that last possession where, you know, there's a handoff. Fred, I I immediately watched it back. I wanted to see what happened. I was like, was the pass to Pascal there? And yeah, Fultz got caught up chasing Fred. The pocket pass to Pascal was there. I was disappointed that pass wasn't made. Um, Some people were probably disappointed that Pascal even opted out of that isolation to go into the handoff with Fred. You know, I talked to Pascal about this after that Boston game. You know, how do you how do you know when to go into hero ball? How do you know when to keep trusting in your teammates? And 
Pascal is a very, very unselfish player. He's a guy who creates good looks. He believes in the looks he creates. He believes in the teammates that are out there with him. And he was Herculean tonight. He he did everything. And the crazy thing is he did a lot of it off ball in that second half as well. And it's just, I probably, I mean, if you if you get the truth serum, Veritas serum or whatever, and you say like, Pascal, you know, do you maybe keep that ball in your hands? Maybe he says yes. But uh, regardless, I think that that pass should have been made by Fred. But no game is just that one play. The Raptors left a lot of offensive possessions on the floor. They left a lot of defensive possessions on the floor, not even in what they give up typically via scheme. Everything filters to the corner, sure, we, we know that. But on top of that, many different occasions where the Raptors are rotating into space and leaving that three-point line open, but these aren't even hard rotations, you know? If there's somebody who's driving hard to the rim, like Franz Wagner, who or Wagner, sorry, who gets 34 points in this one, and he's taking that dribble, pick up, getting to the bucket. Your rotation, it has to be done with conviction. You have to care about getting in that dude's way. And these kind of like, you know, milquetoast step-ins where it's, uh, you know, like I'm here. I'm making the rotation for the defense. That doesn't move it, dude. That's an end one. That's a that's a bucket. That's a layup. And the I Raptors, think we're talking about Scotty here, right? Well, so there's a few guys who did it throughout the night. Scotty, probably the serial offender among serial offenders. Uh, but it, it was a team-wide thing. I wouldn't dig down on Scotty about that specifically because other guys did it. The on-ball defense, though, Scotty was by far the worst. It's just defensively, actually just everything from Scotty tonight was, I don't want to get too hard on the on the kid, but is a is a really bad night for Scotty Barnes. I guess you're a big Scotty guy. Walk me th- like you know, walk me through the hunger. What, what are you thinking? I, I I just think he's not checked in totally. I I want to say that there's like an injury that we're gonna hear about in the off season that they've been hiding. I hope that's it. I don't want to. You want to hear about it like be... in this upcoming off season? Yeah, I feel like they're trying to keep it under. There has you're to going, be something going on. You're going seven months ahead. I feel like it because yeah. there there's it doesn't make any sense why he's. He's not being able to move laterally. He's not checked in. He's not finishing around the rim like he's, we're accustomed to him of finishing. That was, he missed a couple layups in that game where I was like, come on, dude. That's a dunk. And it, it cost us. It cost us. These little these little minute plays, it seems like nothing, but they add up. And you've seen it happen tonight. The point you make about missing or just saying like these used to be dunks is also not even the, the shots he took that he missed that maybe everyone back when he's healthy or when he's last season, when he's in his groove, feeling better, whatever, if it's mental, physical, or just, you know, hitting, hitting a wall of sorts, whatever. Uh, it's the half stuff. It's the, it's the, it's the chances he never even took in this game where you can see like Scotty's a strong dude, powerful, put a dribble down. If a guy's not rotated all the way over, make him into a turnstile. Franz Wagner is doing it on the other end with a live dribble, creating himself. Scotty, you off the catch. You got to be able to put a dribble down and go shoulder to shoulder with a guy and take him sideways, finish exactly. at the bucket. And that is completely, his game is completely bereft of that right now. That's the tough aspect of it is Scotty's game, even in transition, giving the ball up early, right? So quickly, like he doesn't even, I think Jax mentioned it. He didn't even survey the play. 
he just got in and gave it right back up. And I think Jack made a joke saying like he's playing hot potato. He's not even trying to commit to score. That and that that's so strange because even when he struggled, he and Scotty in the open floor is typically such a recipe for success. And it's always these progressive passes. He's because he can always find it. If you're in the open floor, there's a pass somewhere to make. And if it's not there yet, it means you got to put another dribble down, wait for somebody to come up, to step up in the lane, whatever it is. But he's on the team. He's the best at finding those still. And the fact that he's giving the ball up in these, they're not progressive passes, just moving the ball, sometimes a negative pass, right? And like, not not for a three-pointer or anything like that. Just saying like, hey, maybe this guy will do a better job on ball than I will. And like, what the hell? I don't get it. It's it's strange basketball from the young Scotty Barnes. It's uh it's odd. Do you think it's a a product of the lineup that we're putting out there? Now I know that starting lineup we have with Fred, OG, Scotty, Pascal, and Coloco. It's statistically, or I guess if you're looking at the the numbers there, it's our best defensive rebounding lineup, right? And it's best at free throw rate. So I guess that's the logic behind putting them out there. If the other team misses, we can get out and run. Uh, but it hasn't been working offensively. Do you think there's something that we can do to tweak that a bit? Maybe bring back Gary, bringing a stretch big, something to give us a more of a spark and utilize Scotty's playmaking a little bit more, get him more into the game early on? There's always going to be some things you can do to weaponize certain players further. The question right now is whether Scotty is playing well enough and dangerous enough that you start changing a lineup to benefit him when you have mm-hmm. Pascal giving you 36, 9, and 7. And and on top of that, right, Scotty had advantages in this game that he let pass him by. It wasn't that, you know, the team is, you know, subjugating him to a, a lesser version of himself or anything. Like he was put in positions to succeed. And he didn't meet the moment quite a, quite a few different times. And also, it's like he's not even playing his game currently. So if the Raptors, with this lineup healthy, you know, Coloco is more matchup dependent than anybody else here, obviously, for that starting five. Uh, but on like on top of that, though, Scotty has to play his game. We, we saw it early on in the season. That's why, like, who knows what's going on? But when he came out to start the season... He was punching stuff on the inside. He was the, when Pascal brought a guy up, the low man to come up to meet him. If Scotty caught the ball anywhere within like 14 feet, it was like a pound dribble towards the rim and he's going up. And this could be for a dunk. It could be for an, like an extendo left-handed layup. It could be for a push shot, but there's, there's none of that aggressiveness currently. And some of that I'm sure is feeling like that, that step sidestep three pointer he took insane um it's just like he seems like a guy who's kind of um bent to his limitations right now rather than trying to work through you know what he's what he's really good at more than anything i guess is that uh is that enough scotty for you yeah i was gonna say i feel like i feel so bad um is there is there anyone else that stood out to you i know fred didn't have the most efficient game tonight as well uh is there something that we could take away from this to say that he's slowly getting his way back or you're still a little bit concerned? I think that Fred had some opportunities, most of them in the open floor. Um, You know, off the start of the game, getting downhill, 
he's obviously been trying. Like Fred said, he prefers to be a guy who gets downhill. Everyone else is like, we like when you shoot the ball well. You know, every everyone else is thinking that. He likes to get downhill. And the reason why he wants to get downhill is because he still wants to be on ball. He still wants to be effective. And he he probably knows he's not hitting right now. This is one of the strangest shooting slumps of his career. He's two of nine from three again. He's now probably shooting, I guess, close to like, what, 22% over the last 10 games from three. It's And a lot of them are really good looks. And they just aren't dropping. Nick Nurse at practice, like what, like a week ago now, he said that his alignment is off, the left-right alignment for Fred. Mm-hmm. And he says that's an odd thing to have happen because once you establish that you shoot the ball straight, typically you shoot the ball pretty straight. Fred has always been a short or long misser. Now he is a right-to-left misser as well. And that has introduced a 22% three-point shooter. And Fred, at 22%, you're going to struggle at a lot of the things that you like to do with, with him in the game. Like these, these actions that the Raptors ran late. Why do we think that they didn't run Fred as the screener? I know people like that play from last year, but Fred for a lot of last year was shooting 50 daggum percent on catch and shoot threes. And now it's just, I think he's down to like 34% or something like that yeah. and, and crashing. That's why they, they didn't run that action because they're like, will the Magic even sell out for that? And if they do, and if they sell out for Pascal, that ball ends up in Fred's hands and we're like, oh, we'll see. And, and we did. We ended up seeing anyway. But man, I, like, what are your thoughts on Fred? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, If he's not doing this catch and shoot stuff, because he's not able to get to the basket, it puts us in a tough, tough spot because we don't have many shooters. It's him and Gary as our quote-unquote catch and shoot guys. Uh, you could put OG in there, and I wanted to bring up OG too because I felt like we didn't really establish him. There's a point in the game, I think it was like a almost a seven to eight minute stretch where I didn't even recognize that he was on the floor on the offensive end. With the spurts he's shown, the growth he's shown, I think we should have made more of a commitment to getting him ready. Now maybe that's maybe that's Orlando scheming to get him out of the game or get him out of the way. I, I want to hear your take on that. So I think that OG's handle. OG's been better at navigating space this season, uh, the drives especially, but his handle isn't really advanced relative to the past two years. His handle's roughly about where it's been. Uh, the length that Orlando, like he he got Toronto raptored or whatever, right? Like the 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 Magic are in gaps to start the game. Then the Raptors miss their jumpers. And then the Magic are like, oh, we're really in the gaps now. You take one dribble towards the rim, There is a limb coming towards you. Navigate that. Navigate the guy on ball, maybe trying to reach around, whatever, right? And OG is not the guy for that situation. And also keep in mind that OG is a very powerful finisher on the inside, but it's also if help comes over, because OG is not like this really quick finisher to beat guys to the glass. We're talking about a guy who's going to crash in there make a bucket he finishes well at the rim but he's not beating guys there he's getting there then you know kind of moving guys to the side once he is there that's a lot more difficult when the guys are really long and just as big as you and in some cases have longer arms than you so just not an og game 
But the big problem with that was that he didn't shoot the three either. And that's also mm-hmm. that his slump has correlated with Fred's slump, has correlated <sighs> with Scotty's slump. Gary's oh. out of his as far as it looks right now. But just like Raptors don't have a three-point presence in this one. Like the, there's a reason Pascal took nine threes in this game. It, it is what it is what the offense needed in the flow and if he didn't the magic were like even though he shot two for nine the magic were like if you don't take this we're gonna get a lot nastier in how we operate is man this <laughs> shooting is it, important in the nba yes very so our, i know we're gonna face him right like we're gonna run it back Immediately, do you think there's going to be any adjustments as far as like lineup wise, or is it something that we're going to go in and just bring in more energy? Well, there's I the Raptors were very cool, calm, and collected after that Celtics loss, they really were. Uh, I'm not there, obviously, I would love to be there. I'm not Zarar, send me on some trips. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not there. But when I, whenever I get to watch the post-game stuff, I imagine it'll be a little bit more down. Sometimes being more down dictates change. This is also a team with, you know, a championship head coach, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. Both have been through a lot. We'll see if they just say, we're finding our process. I don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me if they stick with it. Nick Nurse has... He's really liked throwing Coloco out there to start these games. He's he's a big fan of it, you know. Yeah. It's so, and, and I think it's I think it's for the reason I was mentioning earlier with the defensive rebound. I think he likes to have that aspect in there. But but, but they, like I, they have yeah, like sir. such a. I know that lineup is like good at defense rebounding, but it's just that lineup, you know. Like yeah, Coloco, exactly. Coloco, if he doesn't have like all the big guys around him, like the the offensive the def. Defensive rebounding is typically not so good, but I, man, I don't know. It, they're in a tough spot. You, the thing is, right, is like to get back more to this game, the Raptors in this one, we talk about those rotations, the rotations to nowhere that did nothing. You know, a lot of those in this game, they figured that out late and mm-hmm. can actually screw it. Let's do the Pascal conversation because he was the most impressive rotator tonight. Even that, like, not only did he almost get that block on Wagner that Wagner managed to put in, but then he got the help side block the next time down. Yes. And he probably, once again, in this game, he leads the Raptors in closeouts and good ones. And he also moved the Magic onto a bunch of different possessions or, you know, actions in their own possessions because he's showing up in the gaps because he's playing good defense. And and then on the other end, he's initiating offense, keeping the half-court offense going with just his jumper in the first quarter. The team is dead on arrival when he's not there. Then when the Magic start playing a different style, even though the creation isn't robust by Fred or Gary or OG or anybody, he starts working off ball, an offensive rebounder, a cutter, a shooter, a roller, all this kind of stuff. And he ends up, 36 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. I'm sure it could have been 18 assists or something like that if guys hit shots. I'm sure Pascal could be close to averaging a triple-double this year if guys hit shots. But he is he is the lonely superstar right now. 
I've never seen him play this well. And I've never been like, damn, <laughs> watching him play with other guys before. How tables have turned, eh? Yeah. He was never that guy. And now he is. And it's 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 horrible how this timing is happening with the slumps and Pascal's peaks are are uh, Fred's low points and <laughs> it can never be at the same time for whatever reason and it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating frustrating for Pascal. I, I'm sure putting in all that effort to try and will us to victory and this crumble at the end. He do, um, he doesn't show a post game for what it's worth. He comes out there, you know, he giggles his way through <laughs> interviews like, oh, you know, we just gotta keep doing our thing. I can make the passes, can make the reads, you know, <laughs> and it's and like he calls damn, his brother, and he's like, bro. <laughs> He, but that's the thing, right? It's like early in the season when he was getting the MVP chance and it's like, you know, how does that feel? How do you approach that? He's like, oh, it's just another thing. It's like this guy has achieved perfect equilibrium. Like <laughs> praise doesn't matter. Critiques don't matter. Nothing matters except the basketball. And as soon as he steps off the court, he's not playing basketball anymore. He's just talking about basketball that's been played. I don't know how he does it, dude. I'd be... I'd be very frustrated if I were Pascal Siakam right now. I get frustrated when I play pickup basketball. And not like not like I'm not like an aggro frustrated pickup basketball dude, but I'm like, damn, you know, I, you know, I want to win, guys. Can we come on, let's get this thing going. If I did what he did tonight, I'd be like, bam, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's weird. Like what stands out the most out of this game? Like, what's one key takeaway other than the three point shooting that the magic used to get get this win, it points in the paint. What well, I think length, length is well. Just, well, just, just oh. what referring to the the gapping defensively and stuff like that, okay. turnovers, getting runouts, and also like this is something that's tough to prove empirically, but something that has slowly slipped is Fred's point of attack defense, and Fred still has good defensive numbers. He's always had good defensive numbers. But, and like at the start of the season when Nick Nurse at Media Day, when he's being asked about Fred's minutes, because everybody's like, hey, this guy's body appears to be breaking down in front of us. Will you play him less? He was like, well, we need a guy to guard at the point of attack, a guy to guard in our pick and roll packages, and Fred is the best at it. So we need to have a guy step up, and that will save Fred minutes. And he didn't seem to be worried about the offensive side of the ball, i.e. because he probably knew Pascal Siakam superstar was coming. But <laughs> the defensive side of the ball, at times, uh, well, Scotty, Scotty too. Even OG in this game. Like, OG completely forgot. He got back cut like three times, two of them yeah. for buckets. He had these, I, they're not normal for him, but he got beat off the bounce and not even by like, the, like Franz, yes, is good and clever, and especially once he's already downhill. But Franz should not be able to shift OG, play him into a screen, and get like that much clearance. OG should be better at navigating that situation. And it does depend on who's, you know, guarding the screener to some degree. But it's just like not, it's an uncommon game for OG defensively. It was unfortunately a decently common game for Scotty defensively. And Fred as well just was not up to snuff at the point of attack. And, you know, we look at like Scotty, like a minus 24. Fred, mm -hmm. a minus 15. Pascal, Pascal plus 12. OG Ananobi plus five. Plus minus, like single game isn't everything. But when we've already laid the groundwork of the film and why it turned out this way, 
these service points to hammer home. Yeah. It's gnarly, dude. It's <sighs> it's not good. I hope they I <laughs> they gotta beat the brakes off of them on Sunday, dude. <laughs> you know, like they you just gotta I, I'm- I I thought like go, going into this game like I always try and invi- like visualize what lineups would be used, and for whatever reason he doesn't like to dip into his guard lineups. With with Fred slump, I was hoping to see Delano or Malachi just some different guard play um, and playmaking other than Fred. Like running th- Fred for thirty seven minutes during a slump period. I know the last game he played well, uh, wasn't the most efficient, but running him through 37 minutes in a loss, it just didn't feel like the right thing to do. I know we didn't know we we're going to lose, but I thought <laughs> we we're just going <laughs> to, I thought that we we're going to like at least try and get some more guard play behind him to give him some rest. But I don't know. How nuts is it that OG played 44 minutes? Exactly. That's crazy. Actually. Yeah. Let me amend this statement as well. OG, OG and Fred towards the end of the game, really locked down and started playing spectacular defense. So that I shouldn't be saying like the full game. I, it was uncommon. They both found their stride, especially OG. But man, uh, Gary, let's talk Gary. I mean, I wrote that piece on him and I was like, damn, this guy gets downhill now. Also, hey, can I say something? I thought that was a defensive foul on the floater. I thought that Mo Wagner... Because the rule is, right, is like after the offensive player leaves his feet, you can't move. Exactly. Like when you're, when you're both on the ground, there's some leeway about being set and how aggressive that, uh, you know, the, the offensive player is being. But Wagner took two steps forward to, to undercut him. Yeah, to position. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was odd. I, I, I thought that would have made it a foul. Not that that like the Raptors didn't deserve to win this game. Pascal and Pascal alone did. But uh, I thought that was interesting. I get Gary. What what are your Gary thoughts after this one? I think he's found his his niche on the team. I know he might not be his most favorite position to have, but he's been he's been killing it. Now he's been putting up better efficiency numbers off the bench, better points per game in less minutes. So I think we found our guy who we all. Everybody was wa- wanting this guy off the bench who can score, give you 15 to 30 points. Just that wild card. And I think Gary has been able to fill that need. But now we lost that three-point shooting in our starting lineup. And our <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting smoked early on. That's the, that's the problem. It, it is a problem. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a bunch of different memes out there about, uh, you know, trying to supply something that just isn't there when you don't have it. You know, it could show like a maybe an extension cord block that plugs into itself. It's like, ah, that's not going to work, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Their self-sustaining economy that they realized made no sense, you know? But Gary, you're absolutely correct. And not only that, but like the improvements are met with better process. Mm-hmm. He's way faster as far as the decisions he's making. He's way more... And maybe it's maybe it's the level of defenders that he's seeing at the point of attack. I couldn't say for sure. And, you know, maybe that's even a little bit unfair to Gary. Gary's making the decisions to get downhill. He's making the decisions to get to his shots. And he's making shots once he starts getting further downhill. He's, I think he's still at like 56, 57% from the short mid-range. He's shooting a career best at the rim. The three-point shot is starting to come back around after, you know, a lengthy slump. He's just... He's doing well. 
And as far as ball pressure, Nurse said he wanted ball pressure. Gary's giving it to him. Truthfully, he I think he's been he deserves a lot of credit for his playoff of the bench. And I mean a lot of it, because he's been tremendous. Yeah, as a young player as he is, you you gotta commend his maturity to take this, take the bumps, take the criticism, and come out and be a professional. You know, mm-hmm. take the new role and ex- excel and try and help the team win. A lot of times you see players get go off the bench and <laughs> You know, it, it just everything goes off the rails, and he's been able to keep himself together. And um, I, I, I commend him for that. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Boucher, an odd game, right? Because he has to contend with that length as well. That three for ten from the field—that's nasty. But his energy was really important to what the Raptors did in this one, and his length on the other end. Mm-hmm. So it's you have to, and this is the thing about. You know, you don't have Gary for part of the game, or you don't have Gary in some of the lineups that you usually do. Uh, you're missing offense where sometimes you do get it. You have to take that on the chin, the fact that it's like sometimes these possessions are going to funnel to Chris, and some games he's going six for nine. Some games he's going three for ten, and this is the holistic Chris Boucher-like thing. He's always going to get after it. It's just like, what is it? What does it look like at the end of the possession? Uh-huh. And so I don't, I don't want to be too hard on him. Maybe, maybe he, you know, when he's a, a year from now, he's a little bit better at knowing when to go up and when to like find a read out to the perimeter. But why the hell would you pass it out to the perimeter on this team? You know, <laughs> like nobody can shoot, <laughs> nobody can shoot the ball. <laughs> so like, hell yeah, you know, just do your thing, Chris. Put the put the shot up. <laughs> We need points. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what he is. He just catch and shoot. Like you, ninety percent of the time, he's gonna shoot the ball. Um, and again, just like the OG point you made earlier with the length, he had a problem with it. And this is this is like the second or third game that we face a team that's known for their length, and we've struggled. Uh, I think the other time was New Orleans, and I can't recall the next one. But that New, New Orleans, Orleans game, <sighs> they were long. They were a little bit more coordinated. And boy, they were stronger. And they, ooh, man. I said we have to beat the brakes off of Orlando. We got to do it like New Orleans beat the brakes off of <laughs> the Raptors, man. That's that's the way it has to happen. And, and that's the thing with Toronto Raptors basketball and the 6'9 vision, right? What's The point of having the length is to have that size difference. But what happens when you face someone with the same size? You got to bring that energy and fight. And we haven't been doing that early on. And again... That's why we keep losing so losing those first quarters. It's it's a hell of a thing to go out against these magic and get, you know, have Franz Wagner completely slice and dice your defense. And Franz, like we've seen Franz in the past use an escape dribble after, you know, the the Bucks blitz him with Giannis mm-hmm. and and Bobby Portis. And then we've seen Giannis drop back and we've seen him use that escape dribble knife into the lane and like Euro around Giannis and get an and one or something. Franz is this dude to some degree, but not to this degree. The Raptors, they, they made it, they made it relatively easy for him. And that's where you're supposed to be this like uniquely long, uniquely strong, uniquely gritty team. If you don't bring that, physical element to the spots of the floor that you're good at bringing it to 
then you lose a massive part of what makes you successful. It's, it's hard for them to survive when they lose identity because Pascal Siakam is the only guy currently offensively that is succeeding outside of that identity because Pascal doesn't need to be vision 6'9". Pascal is one of the best players in the NBA right now. And and OG defensively doesn't need to be vision 6'9". Neither does Pascal. But a lot of the other guys need to buy into this. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't work, and the, if, you know it's not five guys on a string, it's not harmonious, then all of a sudden it starts looking kind of dumb. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, yeah, like today. <laughs> it's tough, man. It, it's tough. Uh, it's always tough doing a reaction pod after a loss because there's so many things you could pick out. And next game, all this w- could be flipped. Do you do you it's have true. faith? Do you have faith in uh, our comeback on Sunday? I thought they were going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I even when they were down, I think I tweeted it when they were down 14 or 15. I was like, I think the Raptors are going to win this game because mm-hmm. they had enough going right for them. I.e., Pascal is good at basketball that I thought they could get back into it and win this game. But that wasn't in the cards, man. They fumbled too many opportunities out on the break. They had too many shots. Just like Gary, that three-pointer. It just touched everything. Yeah. Leaves the rim. Then he's like, okay, I'm going to be the guy. And he misses some jump shots. Fred is like, I'm going to be the guy. Misses some jump shots. He misses the pass. Misses, <laughs> misses, the, misses the pass as well. And the Raptors, they just like... It, Orlando tried to gift this one to him late. <laughs> They even they they couldn't score, and Orlando sent him to the line on a box out. Like yeah, yeah. The ra- <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win on Sunday. I tell I tell you that much. They're gonna win on Sunday, but that does not erase what they've <laughs> lost tonight. You know, <laughs> that that's probably what I mean to say more than anything. They uh they have to wear this, and the only thing that erases this is by beating good teams in the future. Figuring out a more harmonious way to live offensively and defensively with the guys on the roster. Precious Achua fixes everything. Mm, no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I was about to say. When is, when is he expected to be back? In a week or two? I would expect in, in about a week or two, yeah. Okay. But we'll, be fine. we'll see. We'll be fine. You just got to <laughs> – they have a superstar. You know what? Like that's, that's my – I keep taking that away from these games is like <laughs> – you know, like, what's it? You know, you test if the diamond's real, if the jewelry's real, like you have that thing. You put one of those to Siakam, he's so real, dude. Mm-hmm. He he is him. He's that dude. Siakam. Yes, yeah, Siakam. <laughs> that's, that's really meaningful. And maybe if Fred and, and OG stop going against the grain of literally everything that has come before as indicators of them as shooters, maybe all this stuff starts to look way better. But daggum, if you don't look bad now, it's just tough, dude. <laughs> um, Reggie Evans Award. Who's Who's got that Reggie Evans in him to you? You watch this game. I know you saw Reggie Evans, beard, bald head, rebounds. You know, it looks like me out there, you know. <laughs> so it couldn't be on either team? No, 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 the Raptors. We're going uh-huh. strictly Raptors who uh, provide the most Reggie Evans-esque performance. I'll give it to Pascal. I like that. That's right. Okay. Top quick reaction comment is from WTF 8838. Quote, our offense hurts my eyes. Can we have some ball movement and man movement so at least the bricks will look prettier to watch? End quote. Okay. So I'll respond to this first. 
the Raptors, they don't use a lot of movement. They don't occupy the weak side in a lot of their actions. And there's supposed to be these, you know, every offense for what it's worth. The the read and react moniker is pretty funny because all offenses are read and react. Like, for example, most offenses have these principles that when you're running a pick and roll, say, and there's a tag, one of the guys on the weak side, you understand who it might be. And especially if it's, you know, the, the team is setting up like a set action or something, you know who is supposed to cut. Like, it's like, if they get a tag, okay, maybe you space out. If they don't get a tag, then, you know, maybe there's a lob. But if they if the guy doesn't clear the screen for the lob, then you cut and you drag the guy into the paint to open up a three. Like there's these these live read and react principles that most teams have. The Raptors promote like they're unique in having a read and react offense in the NBA. <laughs> it is not unique. There is read and react principles to everything that's happening. The Raptors just have less operating as the impetus for motion. Mm-hmm. And while that works when Pascal is on ball, it doesn't necessarily work with Fred on ball because Fred isn't just beating guys. OG isn't just beating guys. You need these guys to catch the ball coming off screens. You need these guys to come off of certain types of actions. You need uh, decoy actions. You need to run stuff that like, for example, in that in that piece I did for Christian Coloco's defense, what do we see Brooklyn do? Brooklyn sees how Christian Coloco is playing at the level of the screen. They want to get to the side pick and roll because it's a disguised action because they want to get to the pin down coming off the middle for, for Joe Harris. So what do the Raptors do defensively? They ice that so they can't get to the side so that you take away that pin down to the middle because everything's congested now. Teams have counters to that stuff. And the Raptors they don't really play that game offensively. Like, sure, they run a twirl action in this game, but it doesn't go anywhere. Sure, they run like these staggered sets, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And they run their flex action that turns into that dribble handoff, and they ran it like six times in this game, and Fred doesn't make anything of it. But these are rote actions in the NBA. There's not a lot of nuance to it. There's not a lot of success to it. And it's just Pascal. That's tough. This stuff looks better when guys shoot better, of course. And they should be shooting better, but they're not. And it looks bad. Do you, do you have any input on that? <laughs> well, I think they would shoot better if there was more flow to the offense as well. It's a lot of one-pass dribble-dribble shoot going on. And yeah, I think those looks that you're we're looking for uh, will come if we, if we move the ball. I know you said the flex actions or flex... Uh, motion plays and whatever, but we're not moving it enough for us to actually execute the actual play. And I think that's the problem with this. And I think that's what the the commenter was trying to say. I guess like it's not the ball's not moving mm-hmm. for whatever well, reason. It's also the, the thing on top of that is you have to move with purpose. Mm-hmm. If you even if you don't think that your action is the if your aspect of the action is the one that's going to hit, you have to run it to try and gain as much of an advantage as possible. Because like when you look at, for example, that flex action, if OG like is bashing to the rim and cutting really hard, it does generate the idea in the defense that they have to sink a little bit lower and Fred has more room coming off. Like he sets this, the flex screen for OG mm-hmm. then pops up off the pin down. Mm-hmm. If OG is more intentional 
cutting middle rather than just kind of going through the motions. Sometimes the defense is going to sink, which means Fred gets more room, which also means that like maybe you can get into that pick and roll. Maybe the defense sunk further. And when you get eventually to that dribble handoff with Pascal Siakam, that two man action gets to operate in more space. Like everything is tied intrinsically together and Mm -hmm. the Raptors operate like one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. And they have the talent to make it work (laughs) at times, but just not often enough. But this game, like overall, I would say they lost this game because of defense. Honestly, yeah, um, too many paint, they, paint looks, way too many. It, they 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 had a parade down there, man. 113 points. It's not as bad as it looked after the first. Like, what did they score? 67 in the first half. The Magic. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a lot worse defensively. That 19 points scored for the Magic in the fourth quarter, but the Raptors only had 22 as well. It's hard not to focus in on that aspect. But Mac, uh, it's like 42 minutes. Oh, We're gonna set a record for longest uh, reaction <laughs> podcast ever. I need to. I need to hear your final thoughts on this game before we get out of here. Final thoughts: We need Scotty to wake up, and Pascal is top five in the league. Top five. Damn. Is there gonna be a video about this? Are you crafting it up right now? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I yeah, should. Okay. I should whip one up. But yeah, I would. I would like to see it. <laughs> yeah, like the meme. I would like to see. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mac, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in. If it's on YouTube, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel. If you're on the podcast channel, thanks for letting us talk to you. And if you're whatever, whoever you are, you're hearing this, subscribe to RaptorsRepublic.com. Make sure to catch all the latest and greatest Raptors coverage. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, Mac. Thank you so much. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.